Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're on. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I'm not Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, I'm running the show tonight because Sean Ross Sapp decided to go to smackdown live live um i'm jeff hawkins usual co-host uh doing the hosting duties which is a little bit different because that means i actually had to pay full attention to the show and uh not zone out uh during the conversation either but uh joining me as always uh the queen of fightful the audrey hepburn of wrestling ladies and gentlemen anna ballard how are you tonight anna thank you the audrey hepburn of wrestling i like that I, you know, I, I can be sweet occasionally. Not, it, it takes work, but occasionally. Oh. Now, what is this child is support? Yeah, yeah, is he going to pay up now? Now. <laughs> I, I haven't Isn't even seen husband. Them. You have I, duties. Well, I'm yeah, still waiting for this. You see your kids. I'm, I'm still waiting for this green card marriage to go through for for the callback here. Uh <laughs> Anywho, um, oh, another rumble's coming up. <laughs> a, a rather eventful, I thought, SmackDown in some ways. Um, starts off with a recap of Shane, Daniel Bryan, and uh, KO and Sammy from last week. And then Shane comes out to start the show and address why Daniel Bryan didn't fire the two. Uh, KO and Sammy lack, quote-unquote, respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-K, for the office and fans. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out looking rather fit, I thought. Shakes Shane's hands. The two smile and then eventually get into character. And Daniel Bryan says he understands why you'd want them fired, but he'd been fired himself, and he believes in second chances. Says Shane's temper got the better of him. Shane agrees. But Shane then brings up Kevin Owens being Vince, Sammy getting involved in Hell in the Cell, and how they both betrayed SmackDown during Survivor Series. Uh, Brian says they did this at a competition and reaching for the brass ring. Always got to love that uh, WWE speak on, on TV. And that if they fire them, they'll just end up on raw. Shane seems fine with this. Uh, I thought Brian was laying it on a bit thick about using talent and opportunity and all those other stuff. But uh, Shane eventually applauds the decision to uh, book KO and Orton in a no DQ match. 
and adds that Sammy is barred from ringside and the match is now a no disqualification match. What did you think of this segment? First of all, in the replays, they cut out KOs after him saying he's not going to fight Randy Orton. He eventually says, okay, I'll do it. They cut it from the replay. And that kind of set up the whole feel of this entire show, which I was confused last week about it. I'm still confused this week. They obviously in the back definitely see KO and Sami Zayn as the heels. To me and to a lot of people I've spoken to online, we don't quite see it like that. And it's kind of become SmackDown as the Kool-Aid show where these two guys are being brutally bullied week after week. Um, And it kind of just, I don't know, I thought this whole section went a little too long. Daniel Bryan, I thought, actually came out wearing a turtleneck, which is apropos of nothing, but I thought that would have been a really nice, you know, dad edition. Um, th- and then Shane attempted to skank, and I wish he would never do that again. <laughs> I thought I thought Daniel Bryan looked remarkably in shape. Uh, oh, yeah. He's under this T-shirt. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, again, I thought, I thought the uh, – I thought they were laying it on a bit thick with, with, with Daniel Bryan's earnestness to the point where they're almost signaling heel turn. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that it kind of t- tampers down just a little bit so that we can still get involved with this. Um, <laughs> I, I, from an acting standpoint, as I put in, in the recap there, I, I, I had a bit of a problem with the two of them just corpsing before finally focusing and getting into character on camera live that that that's a bit I, I think they need to be kind of focused before they go into well it, it's kind of like yeah we're having fun we're having fun now let's go into the terrible worded script right now and there are times for it and it kind of works sometimes when people in the ring do start laughing because it makes it more enjoyable for us but this kind of a scenario where it's supposed to be a heated debate over mm-hmm. two guys careers and they're being fired yeah, you kind of think you you focus in a little bit on that. Maybe the Kool-Aid like, got too much. I don't know. It's like, yeah, we're going to laugh at each other right now, but but now we're going to get serious and have some tension between the two of ourselves. You know, it, 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 it's just – it's a weird dichotomy there. Um, I forgot some of the plugs before we went on air. Uh, join us over at Fightful.com where you can – Read the forums and participate and read our articles. Alex Pawlowski doing a great job. Brian Rose doing a great job. Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauert. Once again, the Audrey Hepburn of wrestling. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, anywho. Uh, <laughs> going back to the rundown. You know, like I said, I'm flying blind here a bit. I wasn't expecting Sean Ross to have to go to the show. He just said, well, I might go to the show. And then it's like, oh, he's tweeting from the arena. I guess I'm on tonight. <laughs> Sammy and Kevin run into uh, Daniel Bryan backstage and try to reason with him. They say Orton is insane. Daniel Bryan says they're not the only ones trying to keep their jobs and uh, gives them a hearty hell no uh, to to their uh, request for assistance. Um, I thought this might be foreshadowing a Kane appearance for some reason, uh, but it, it turned out just to kind of be an Easter egg for people who knew Daniel Bryan. Didn't we have enough Kane yesterday? No, we, we trust, trust me. We've, we, yeah, but he's running for office, you know, in Tennessee, even though, even though they're in Kentucky tonight, you know, you're in the region somehow. Maybe people traveled, you know, press some uh, palms, kiss some babies, things like that. Uh, we set if up that's next- the Kane we got yesterday, I'd be all for it. <laughs> 
Kane slams taxes out of the city of <laughs> Raises the baby in the ring upon his victory. I I just want uh I want Braun to, to, to now stump for him. I think that'd be the, the best thing. Just just Braun and and his and his southern drawl and I want you to vote for my friend Kane. <laughs> I'm the only monster, the humic great man. <laughs> I wish I had his voice. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to do a bad impression of him. I just, I just can't. Um, the New Day versus Gable and Benjamin is up next. Uh, this version will be Kofi and Xavier, the speed duo, as they like are called. Uh, the New Day are walking around backstage with pancakes. I, I, I thought this joke was just for the lumberjack match. I thought, oh, flapjacks, lumberjacks, ha ha. No, we're going to have pancakes, I think, from now on as they come out. Maybe they're easier to pass out than bootios. I don't know. But Gable and Benjamin themselves are studying a box of bootios as if there's some sort of game plan on the back on how to beat the New Day there. Uh, the Usos are out to watch, and they also get pancakes from the New Day. Biggie inexplicably carries syrup in his singlet. And Saxton indulges as well, uh, much to the chagrin of Corey. Um, good match here, I thought. Uh, the first opening sequence I thought was high energy, even though I thought that slingshot splash by Kofi on Gable was a little bit weird. Uh, then we go to the double window of commercial where Anna can't watch the show. And uh, during this time, Benjamin works over Gable with a headlock. and uh, Or not, Benjamin works over... Um, Xavier with a headlock, my fault. And he and, Z- and uh, Gable then work over Xavier's left arm. Uh, Gable with a sweet somersault kick during this time. Uh-oh. Oh, what's this? Jeff! Oh, Anna! Yeah. I'm up here! <laughs> it's, I'm up here, Anna! It's, it's I'm up here, Sap, everybody! <laughs> this is actually worse than if Ginger came in. <laughs> uh, our roving that, that's course literally comes. all I came to do. You guys have a good show. Okay. <laughs> no report live from the arena. Sean Rossap with the run-in. Uh, that's the uh, that's the most phenomenal 15-second joke you'll ever get out of Sean Rossap. Our boss, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that there was a sweet somersault kick that you missed. Uh, Benjamin cuts off Xavier's comeback and goes back to work on the arm and a headlock as we come back. Uh, Xavier then gets his real comeback. Benjamin cuts him off with some vicious knees, I thought. And then an interesting double team as... Uh, Benjamin gets Xavier up for a power bomb, and but Gable comes off with a knee to the head. I thought that was interesting, at least. Uh, Xavier with a nice missile drop kick and tags in Kofi, who goes to work on Benjamin, gets a boom drop, and then gets cut off when trying to perform Trouble in Paradise. Ends up dumping both outside. Woods dives over the top, stuns Gable. Kofi and Woods didn't hit up, up, down, down for the pin. What do you, uh, what do you make of that, Anna? I thought there was some really cool team moves going. And I've said it, I think, on the Survivor Series podcast, the difference between guys that have – oh, here we go. Are you back? Yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't help it, guys. I just couldn't help myself. I'm here in beautiful Lexington. Look at this tree behind me. It's <laughs> magnificent. It's beautiful. I hope you, I'm hoping you're calling in for more than a tree. Well, no, there, there's also a beautiful fountain you all can see in the back as well. Are you all able to see this? I am. I don't know if I want to, but I am. 
Yeah, I'm choosing. How did the show come across on TV? I thought personally it was a very fun show. Uh, the crowd seemed really into it. At some parts that actually surprised me, like the uh, the Bobby Roode promo. Uh, of oh yeah, things. they 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 wanted Bobby Roode. You, you know, there are times when we watch on TV and we're like, "What's left in Randy Orton?" Then you come and see live how people react to him, and you're like, "Oh, okay." In comparison to other people, that that was a, a standout thing. Charlotte was maybe the most over person on this entire show. Holy mm. crap, she was she was over every time they showed her. But uh, Ruby Riot looked rough really? tonight in the ring. Oh huh. yeah, I thought she looked she smoother looked- than. I thought she looked smoother than the other two during during that match, but yeah. we haven't gotten to that yet. How did how did the Riot well, Squad get over in terms of uh, uh, interaction? Not not well, but I mean Naomi and Charlotte did the best they could. They almost killed Naomi on the uh, yeah barricade spot. That was horrifying. That was gross. But uh, I, I guess you know I I, I want to brag about my city a little more, but <laughs> I guess I'll catch you all later. I just you know this the show is my baby, and you all. You all have it for the night, and and you know. I got us on air. I'm I'm happy about that. Let's put <laughs> that's a victory in its but, own right. But hey, hey, it, it's the little things. Also, I'm going to send you all scripts for a fightful commercial we are doing. Be excited. <laughs> you get remarkably good reception for being in a crowded arena with lots of people. Yeah, it's better to use I think I this. I think this beautiful tree behind me doubles as a cell phone tower. <laughs> Is that the only tree in Kentucky that that? Is worth no, actually, okay. actually, we have decorated trees down that road right there. Do you have plumbing yet? Is that be nice? <laughs> you live in the pollution capital of America. <laughs> you can't breathe the air. You no, have to. It's true. You guys are dead to me. Red button. <laughs> Sean Rossap, the. Uh... Owner and proprietor of Fightful.com. Uh, no word yet as to whether Anna and I will be replacing him on the list in your boy tomorrow. Probably not. <laughs> um, back to <laughs> back to New Day versus uh, Gable and Benjamin. I, I just thought it was weird to beat Benjamin this clean. Um, or at least the team. If you're going to actually build a feud, but they may be building towards a three-way. Yeah, this whole thing was, when they first announced it, it, it's again, it's the same thing that ties off from the Sammy and KO thing. Out the back, they honestly believe that those guys are heels. Last week, they finished the show with the New Day beating up Sammy in the ring after he won. Yeah, he won by distraction, but he won. And so today with these two teams, it's like you have the mega douches versus the bitter non-hyenas of the New Day. Uh, for those who don't get that reference, they wanted to be in the Lion King with the hyenas. And, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> like, it was a cool match, and there were some really awesome moves that they pulled out. But yeah, it's I don't really know their perspective on this is just so bizarre to me. Um, do, you, do you think possibly that's really just kind of, of a, it's kind of a faint? On, on the on the part of the writers here that they're trying to get us to think that the New Day and and uh, and the Usos are friends and then eventually the Usos are just going to attack them after three weeks of being out there and supporting them and then it turns into kind of a three-way feud? I don't know or, about that. I don't think – if they do that, I don't think it's going to have this much foresight to it. 
Well, I, I just don't um, understand how you now go to Benjamin and Gable versus the Usos after beating them. I, I just I, I unless they're just going to bypass that story completely and then go on to maybe the Bludgeon Brothers. I, I just don't. I can't possibly. connect. The, I, mean, I, I can't. Con- yeah, I can't connect the dots here because usually they're they're a little bit more obvious when they want to build up a match and they wouldn't usually beat a contender this quickly. It's just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit confusing, but you know, there's still a couple weeks before clash of champions. It could all, uh, it could all, it could just be more fuel for them to get more savage and more vicious and more douchey. I I Um, seem to recall that, that they said on commentary that they had already earned a title shot. So maybe, Maybe this just doesn't matter. Maybe this is just to to imply weakness or, you know, something to that effect. Yeah, I don't know if there's that much thought that went into this one. Mm. Um, except for the whole thing about the butt warm syrup from Big E <laughs> to the Usos. Like, it, just, it must be so handy being that size. You're like an automatic grill just walking around. Like, if you get hungry, you just pull a snack out of your pants and then you're good to go. <laughs> Small. I don't have that luxury. Uh, <laughs> uh, as as a as a man who has struggled with his weight, I've I've had food in my pockets before for snacks. So I uh, all I can think of is the Ferris Bueller line: "I have a gummy bear in my pocket. It's warm. Would you like it?" <laughs> um. So we go to a recap of Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan jumping Naomi and Becky from last week and then attacking Charlotte and Natty during their match. Uh, Naomi and Charlotte have a stilted interaction in the locker room. Feel the glow. Charlotte's the queen. Natty interrupts. Uh, they tease dissension, but Natty preaches SmackDown unity tonight. They're going to show those girls what for. And Charlotte says, after tonight, no one's going to remember <laughs> remember their names. Leads up to the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Hype Bros, a rematch, uh, a rematch demanded, I guess, by Zack Ryder. Uh, Harper punches Zack Ryder, Harper and Rowan, born again hardcore. Uh, they just actually kill these fools. Uh, they take out Mojo and end it quick with a double choke slam on Ryder. Dasha, <laughs> Dasha, Dasha, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer. Dasha. The robot interviews the hype bros after the loss. Ryder says they've hit rock bottom, that the landscape of the tag division has changed, and they're going to need to change it. Then Mojo interrupts and attacks Zack Ryder mid-promo and yells the hype bros are dead as he beats the crap out of Zack Ryder. Anna, I was not expecting out of the two of them for Mojo to be the one to turn heel. Yeah, it's... (laughs) It kind of feels like it's in line with me for WWE's way of thinking because before Ryder came back from injury, they had this this new sophisticated mojo where he was developing as an adult. He was questioning his own actions, his party ways, and then Ryder came back and it went back to the bro territory, um, but not quite to the same extent. And then it's like the dude that was actually discovering himself in life turned heel. Yeah, it's uh, weird sure. because I thought I thought they were you know they were having Zach kind of grow out the beard and and show a bit of an edge here, but I guess they just decided that the natural likability from before might come into play, or they just don't have anything for him after this. I could see this very well being Zach Ryder's last program with the company. He's been there for so long, but I hope not. 
but no, neither do I, uh, because I really like Zack Ryder a lot. I think he's gotten the short end of the stick on a lot of deals. Uh, and after getting himself over on his own internet show and, and things of it, like that, but Mojo had a natural likability to him that we saw on, um, on talking smack on, on train or breaking ground. Um, they gave him the win at the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal with, because of his celebrity connections to, uh, Mm -hmm. with Gronk. It it just seems, I mean, look, I think Mojo can pull off psychotic. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just, I find it against their natural inclinations on everything here. Cause I thought Zach was doing a good job teasing heel. And I think Mojo's, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how Mojo channels evil. Because I, I just I think, think, it looks like I think this playing. way is going to be so much more interesting than if they went for the obvious. I think Mojo has it in him to bring something unique to the table with this. I, I guess so. Yeah, I, it's something new. And it's it's a new breath of life into these guys. When they first came out, my first note was, oh, so the hype bros are still a thing. Um, I guess no one thought it would happen like this or the way it did, but I'm totally on board for this. Yeah, I guess I guess you put the heel label on the more marketable one, in your opinion, because that's the one who automatically becomes interesting. I just thought Zack Ryder as a heel might mm. breathe new life in him, but but you know what? You go with you go with the guy you think you have more in and then once you know you establish him as a heel you can turn him baby face again then he maybe he'll get cheers i i don't it's not so much about markability i think it's more just the the guy mojo from what we've seen on talking smack and what we saw of those promos that he did when Ryder was out there is a thoughtfulness to the man the actual guy playing this character mm-hmm. and i think there is enough he has enough going on in his head to bring something different than what we would normally see from this kind of a feud. So that's, yeah. that's where my interest lies. Yeah, no, I agree. He, he's, he's very well spoken. I mean, he has a graduate degree, university of Maryland, uh, when they were still in the ACC. Uh, I, you know, it, it's weird because <laughs> that whole hypro stick is so naturally unlikable too, to, to many fans. I found, I found it's such a turnoff to people, especially, you know, on the Twitterverse and stuff. So I'll, I'll be interested in a more measured take uh, from Mojo. I think the one guy that possibly hurts is Lars Sullivan a bit because he kind of has that thoughtful giant thing going as well. So they may, you know, if they were looking at bringing him up, they may kind of hold off on that in some ways. I wouldn't put them in the same category at all. I can see where you're coming from in terms of in terms of that, but I don't think – their approaches would be very different. No, I, I, mean, I agree. They're two separate builds and they're two separate people. And I think it's, I, I get it, but I don't think there's a problem. There. After the commercial, Kayla is backstage and asks Mojo why he attacked Zach and says, Zach said the landscape had changed. Mojo with the full on thousand yard stare and kind of the monotonous voice that they put over on commentary. Um, Broken Mojo really broken off oh, jeez we have enough connections between the two shows that are parallel we don't need to... yeah that was my note after that are they aware that raw and smackdown are now, now the same show <laughs> a, a bit but but you know what i i thought it might 
Uh, we'll get into it when we get to the women's match, uh, I think. Uh, Bobby Roode talks to the Dashabot 2000 about, uh, I keep calling her Dasha because it's written here as Dasha. I should, Dasha, about Baron Corbin hitting him during the Lumberjack match. Uh, Roode, Roode, as I uh, mentioned before, got a surprisingly good pop. Um, and I was saying he, he wants the U.S. championship, uh, especially for, for a Kentucky crowd and not that, not that I think Kentucky crowds are, less sophisticated it's just it's not necessarily a loud crowd from from my memory it's not one of those ones where you go man they're popping loud for guys like bobby rude but you know maybe it's just they were happy to see him or there's some memory there from from a match before or something so i found that interesting uh corbin's a lone wolf in the alpha male uh his glorious then gets interrupted by one baron corbin rude asks for a title match Corbin, being the good heel that he is, refuses. Mm, I like that. It's just a quick no and walks off. I do have to also bring up, though, the line from Rude. But I do know when Baron Corbin called me absent-minded last week, that was definitely not an accident. (laughs) Um, No, I I don't think that would be from his own mouth. No. Points points for the obvious uh, baby face. uh, Oh yeah, I don't think that was obvious. <laughs> I don't think that was on. I don't think that was an accident that he called me absent-minded. Um, I thought Bobby Roode was kind of uh really had some good energy here in this promo. Uh, more so than just kind of. I I thought he's kind of been going through the motions of late just to get to the glorious uh pop. But yeah. but I really liked him here. I'm finding him a lot more. Like I liked him in NXT, but there's something about him on the main roster. I don't know if it's. I remember when he first debuted on the main roster, you could see how elated he was to be there. And I don't know if it's still sparkles of that shining through, but he just, there's something so likable about him. Yeah. My thought was they might be giving him stage notes that he's coming off a little bit too heelish. So he should be a little bit more energetic to get over being an endearing babyface as opposed to maybe a babyface who's really a heel underneath. And, 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 and as he was kind of coming off in those first couple of weeks. I would love it though, like with that line, the absent-minded thing, if they made that incredibly <laughs> intentional and that was just his gimmick, like he is that pure, pure-minded pure that he doesn't quite get it, but it's so, it's like over the top face that it's just endearing in the end. Mm. Uh, AJ Styles, oh, sorry. Oh, it's all good. All good. AJ Styles versus the Singh brothers. Uh, Sunil and Samir introduce Jinder, who is uh, in either on full-on hipster mode or found a suit from 1973 to wear to the ring. Uh, all, Mahal attacks AJ before the bell. Three-on-one beatdown as Jinder throws AJ into the post. Uh, the, the drama and cliffhanger from the commercial is over as they come back from commercial, and they say all three have been beating through on him throughout. Uh, match then starts. Uh, hipster Jinder laughs as the Singh brothers beat on AJ, who finally gets the upper hand by blocking a double superplex. AJ kicks Jinder off the rate, uh, off the apron, and Samir attempts a hurricanrana, only for AJ to then get a rather impressive Styles clash off the middle rope onto Sunil. Hipster Jinder gets mad and then hits a coloss on Sunil and Samir post-match. Uh, that one on Samir looked like he lost hold of it, and Samir landed on his side, took a rather nasty bump, I thought. 
Uh, so we're we're on the full-on build into uh, Clash of Champions, and it looks like Jinder's going to be cutting off the dead weight to establish himself as a one-on-one threat to AJ. Yeah, but it doesn't work now, considering his entire championship run was those two guys dying for him repeatedly and then coming back to die for him some more. It's... Uh, for me, like, I didn't see that turn coming and for some completely inexplicable, just completely irrational reason, I felt hurt that he actually turned on his boys because they they died for him and this is what he did. Um, and as WWE does, reminds us that love and family and relationships are dead and um, mean nothing. So, I mean, shame on me for not seeing that coming. Yeah, I it didn't was, feel like it was earned. I, I think that that was the problem for me. It's like you, you see these cracks yeah. eventually over time where they fail time and time again, and then eventually it builds up to Jinder exploding on him. This one just felt like, well, we need to make Jinder look evil here, so we're going to have him just beat up beat up his flunkies. Or the other way that could have worked is if his frustration of AJ once again winning overtook him, but it didn't there wasn't that explosion. It was just the same smelling a fart, angry gender. And it just didn't <laughs> really come from anywhere. Um, that Styles Clash though, from the middle rope, Sing Brother on to Sing Brother was freaking incredible. And I love that. And I also, thought that was really clever. It was so good. Why, once again, why wasn't gender ejected from ringside after that beat down before the bell? Once again, once again. Yeah. And he was still getting a USOC chance, um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> and and the USA chance because uh, jingoism is, is always a, a fun way to build a heel. Uh, <laughs> the Dashabot 2000 uh, then introduce, or interviews Ruby, Liv, and Sarah. Uh, Ruby introduces them as the Riot Squad, Riot now spelled with two Ts, uh, perhaps to protect trademark, I think. Um, I think Ruby Riot here cut a pretty good heel promo. Uh, she feels like a natural leader to me. And uh, I'd put her now on the list of performers who can infuse their own natural charisma and rise up above the level of the terrible dialogue they get. I thought she really came off well on this. Uh, the other two probably works in progress, uh, much like the other threesome on, on Raw. Uh, do you agree, yeah. disagree? Yes, yes. Ruby, you can still sense some kind of nerves and uncertainty, and I think give her six months maybe, and she'll be good. Um, Liv Morgan managed a squeal, a decibel I have not <laughs> processed before. That was impressive. Um, and Logan, yeah, needs, needs work on the promo side. Um, but the good thing is, to me, these women came across as Powerpuff Girls-esque as opposed to just another absolution. So that's mm-hmm. some kind of a difference. And I actually like where Liv Morgan is going with the character because it is something different. Um, yeah, it's just a case of, of really getting into those characters now and not letting the nerves get to them. 
Yeah, Liv's going to be fine because she's perky and blonde, so that they can find things for her. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I just want to pass it off as like, oh, she's perky and blonde. She'd be absolutely fine. Like, she needs to have some kind I, of... I don't mean that from... She from, well. I don't mean that from my perspective. I mean that from the company's perspective because that's what they like in their divas, so to speak. They're women's performers. I, I don't mean that as as I think she'll be fine because she fits these certain stereotypes this is kind of what they cast for that's it's the same reason i think mandy's going to be okay on the raw roster even if her promos aren't very good right now i think the person that needs the most help and and was was sonia last night i thought sonia came off pretty darn good in terms of personality last night even even though and and especially with the punches and stuff but for me my concern on on this side of of the roster is they don't like Southern accents and, and Sarah Logan is full on Kentucky Huntress character. If she doesn't get the chance to talk, she's only going to be able to do what she can do in the ring. And I think she's okay in the ring, but my fear is they're going to hear that accent and they're not going to let her do more promos within this group. That's, that's my concern uh, with, with, with Sarah Logan right now. Um, I hope that's not true, but that they have their idiosyncrasies and and you just you just have to fight against your own cynicism about them. Uh, the new day is schlepping WWE shop. Biggie does his Sasha impression, which is always always great. Fifty uh, percent off shirts, and uh, there's a sweet War Games one that I need to buy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's pretty darn cool. Uh, and so that leads us into the six woman match: Natty, Charlotte, and Naomi versus the Riot Squad. Two T's. Uh, they show still photos of Starcade. If we have time, we, we may go into that a little bit. Uh, Naomi comes out in her Technicolor dream coat, which I thought looked fantastic as a visual. Uh, the Riot Squad seems to me to have uh, babyface music, which which kind of adds to the disconnect a little bit. I, I don't know uh, what what did you think of their of their music tonight and their presentation? Are you there? Did I lose her? Oh, I lost her. Oh, no. Well, I thought that it was a... Uh, I, th- I thought it came off as, as babyface uh, a little bit. Uh, Ruby and uh, Natty start. Ruby and Sarah Logan doing most of the work here. Uh, Sarah Logan gets a nice clothesline. Bit of mis- miscommunication on their part. I think that possibly came a little bit from the fact that Sarah Logan is left-handed. Uh, because it appeared that she clotheslined her with her left arm, and there was a little bit of a discussion there before Natty eventually bails. Um, 
leaving Charlotte and Naomi to fend for themselves. Uh, Liv gets a tag and eats some chops for um, for her troubles, and it looks like we're getting Anna back. Anna, are you there? I'm so sorry about that. I do not know what happened. You know what? I was I talking. And I couldn't get back in. I was talking, and I had my notes in front of me, and then I threw it to you, and I had to move my notes. I was like, oh, Anna's not here. I need to continue talking. I am so sorry. <laughs> No, uh, where where did I cut off? Um, perky and blonde is the last thing I was here for. <laughs> okay, well then, um, basically the Cliff Notes version is that I think Sarah Logan, uh, her problem is going to be her Southern accent, and I'm afraid they may not let her, uh, talk more to help protect her character. Whereas I thought Sonya is kind of in that same position on the raw side, and I think she, uh, I think she came off well for herself in terms of personality. An accent is just, it's a given character device. Like, it's I, something I, there for them that they have naturally. We can use it. Yeah. It, it's just uh, uh, Vince McMahon in the past has not liked Southern accents. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because he hates that wrestling stuff. But uh, it's it, it's there. Um, for the question I had um, after I did the whole New Day WWE shop plug, uh, oh, yeah. But I thought the Riot Squad, their 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 presentation's kind of weird because they have babyface music. It it sounds like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I've heard that there has been a couple of months of planning that went into this, but what's coming across on our screens, I think, the double up of the two, um, two groups, and then yeah, the music as well is just. Ruby's music from NXT, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite come across like that. Um, I'm still very curious as to where exactly they're going with this, if the two groups are connected or if after the first episode that they both debuted, they turned to each other and went, oh, I was shit, hoping they'd be, be connected. I was hoping there'd be that connective tissue and maybe Paige shows up on SmackDown to see how th- these women are doing, but I think they're going to keep them separate. I, I, I do. I, I think that's a missed and opportunity. Just, what are they doing? It's it's identical groups on either brand. Identical storylines, again, on either brand. They're bringing up multiple people to see who, 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 can, uh, who can survive, I think. I think that – and I think that's part of the laziness of, of this whole thing. But, uh, you know, I, they, they could always connect them – in the next couple of weeks, I, I would I would be fine with it. I, I think it'd be kind of genius if this is an overarching page plan to get back at everybody. I think that'd be awesome in so many ways. That would be incredible. I think either way, it's up to each of those women to make sure that they differentiate themselves from every single other person on that roster. And given how new they are still to all of this, um, you know, like I said last week, some have been on the indies for a while. Some have been in NXT for a while, just haven't been on TV recently. It doesn't really matter. Now they're here. Now they have a lot more eyes in front like on them. Mm-hmm. And they're in a division that isn't well-written. They have to take ownership of this. And they kind of have a good spot to do it because they are so new and they have been brought in as a three. I just really hope they can overcome those nerves and do something with this. Yeah, the nerves kind of came out in this match a little bit. Um, Ruby and uh, Sarah Logan do most of the work here in inside the ring. You can tell that Liv's still a little bit green um, there. I thought uh, Logan got a nice clothesline to start with on Natty, but uh, appeared there was a little bit of miscommunication. I attributed that 
to possibly because Sarah Logan uses her left arm to clothesline and she might be left-handed. And that's always weird to get used to working with people like that. Cause I'm naturally left-handed and the little bit of training I had, they wanted me to work against that natural tendency and use my right arm and to work like I'm right-handed. Um, so, so that may be an issue in future weeks to keep an eye on. Uh, Natty Bales on her team. <laughs> so much for the unity. Uh, Liv gets tagged, eats some chops. Uh, second window special as, as Anna is once again shut out from watching uh, Naomi get a tag and uh, Liv get double chopped and kicked and worked over until they come back. Uh, eventually, Wright comes back in to face Charlotte. I, I like that they matched these two up together. I didn't think it came off as rough as Sean Ross Sapp did. Uh, Liv and Morgan go to attack Naomi. Uh, Naomi nails Liv with a kick off the apron. And then uh, and then the two of them, ha- and then Morgan and Naomi have a nice brawl before they just they just run her into the stairs and then do a pretty vicious-looking uh, slingshot spot on the outside to take Naomi out for the rest of the match as Ruby forces Charlotte to watch. Charlotte mounts a nice little comeback, but the numbers game eventually takes over. Ruby Riot gets a shining wizard for the pin clean over the women's champion on SmackDown. I thought that's very impressive and a very good start for the three of them. And uh, Ruby and Morgan appear to be doing most of the work in the ring to hide lives some of uh, greenness. It was obvious all three had a little bit of nerves here, probably just due to not having worked with any of them before. Uh, your thoughts on, on this whole thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was just my, there's a lack of psychology here. For me, it's just not believable that these three women who look like little girls stepping into a ring next to Charlotte had a chance against Charlotte, even three against one. It, to me, the way that they built Charlotte, that's not believable. And the way that the women worked in ring tonight was not believable that they could get over her. Um, if they stepped in and had this completely chaotic, reckless attitude that was just savage, they knew that they had, they knew that they can speak big and now they have to, their actions have to match that. So they have to go all out and just wreck the place. Then that would be believable and that would be, you know, okay, these girls are actually trouble. But this for me just seemed like it, it was, to staged and that part I, I don't know what was going on in the ring when riot had charlotte um strung up during that spot on by ringside with naomi but they seem to be just in that position in the ring that entire spot by ringside and yeah, but, like that for me is just like well i think they were playing that up as, as the story was that ruby was forcing charlotte to watch the two friends beat up Naomi. I think that, and it was like the but psychological that to me isn't, of it. That's not, that's not believable to me. And it, from what we actually saw, the glimpses that we saw back in ring, they were just both kind of sitting there watching. It wasn't any struggle. It wasn't like her holding her head down and watching. It was just, it was a bit too paint by numbers mm. when it should have really been paint all outside the lines and just chaos. Yeah, I, I, I was appreciative of the fact that they didn't do the exact same thing they did last uh, night or on Monday night with the three where they end up jumping two of the partners. Um, I, I somewhat agree with you. I think this is probably, though, 
it, it seemed to me a strong debut for them. I, I, I don't know how it'll, how it'll appear to, you know, the Twitterverse out there and, and what they thought of it. Um, I agree with you, but but that's just little things that can be cleaned up and just not. Get, it might have just been timing of the camera angles as well. I I I, I see what you're saying, but they. I, I mean, they weren't going to have them be. I mean, they, they were going to get their licks in, but at the same time, they had to keep Charlotte strong. So I guess, you know. Uh, yeah, but they they went over her anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's huh. Like for me, it's just it's a whole thing of. This is their debut, and for a lot of people, they don't know who these women are. They don't watch NXT, and you're already in. You know, the women's division already has a lot of scrutiny around it. Because I was having a conversation with someone the other day who said, "I just don't have that much interest in it." And I said to him, "Yeah, but is it because of the in-ring work, or is it because of how they're written?" Oh, yeah, because of how they're written. There's just nothing interesting there. Yeah. Exactly. So you have that to combat as well as everything else. So you really need to make an impression. Yeah. And the problem here is they're really repeating what they did with the women's revolution in terms of the faction feuding. I, I really think one-on-one feuds builds characters better than these things. Unless, yeah. and, and, unless you have this stable and it's not just disparate parts, but they have a reason to be together. That's, that's the other thing about both these groups is like these three on both sides have such wild varied looks and seemingly wild varied gimmicks that that other than we're here to make an impact or we're here to make a first impression or whatever seems to be their only driving force together it's very it's very lazy writing Mm -hmm. is what it is yep Uh, and that's been the problem this entire way through Kayla's back trying to interview Randy, who in the span of two weeks has shaved his beard and grown out his hair, looking kind of like a mini Cena now, looking like he's ready for that big baby face push. Uh, Randy just ignores her as he is wont to do. (laughs) Fashion Files, Saw parody. I'm not personally a fan of the Saw movies just because I don't like torture porn, but I thought this was pretty good overall. Uh, They are told by a mysterious man on video acting as Jigsaw, that they have a minute to destroy the thing they love most or be poisoned. (laughs) We get Tully, the return of Tully the horse (laughs) in the center. The key hidden in, named, of course, after my favorite wrestler, Tully Blanchard. Uh, (laughs) The the line of the night, beat this dead horse so we can get out of here. (laughs) Uh, The Ascension wants them to save themselves versus the friendship. Rizanga reminds them that they're not really friends. Nice touch. And the Ascension then get poison gassed when Fandango chooses to su- to save his hat versus letting the two of them go. Anna, notes and and um and attributions that I may have missed in this entire scene. <laughs> um, I haven't seen a Saw movie because I think it's just the yeah, I won't get into that. I I don't like them. I don't like those the kind of movies. Um, but I thought that was an excellent start. I was one of my favorite movies of all time is Robin Hood Men in Tights. So I do know about the whole ankle sore thing because of Carrie Owens. Um, so that was a really nice beginning. Um, there was a line, you've been making a mockery of the tag team division, which was said by Jigsaw. And at that point I was like, wow, there are so many old timers that could be behind this. It's unbelievable. And then, yeah, the, 
you know, guys, guys run, save yourselves. We're trying. We're not friends. That kind of thing was <laughs> awesome. Do you think they pay as off- much as I love? Sorry. Do you think they pay off the jigsaw gag, or is it just a gag? They still haven't paid off the other stuff. <laughs> like we assume that it's the Bludgeon Brothers, but nothing's actually been said yet. Yeah, I, I just get the feeling this is going to be Arn Anderson again. <laughs> If they pay it off, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 there, there's part of me that thinks is maybe the last we see of the Ascension because they seem to be end of the year cleaning house a little bit. I hope it's not, but, and I don't necessarily think it is, but that'd be a way to kill them off on, on DV. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if both the Singh brothers and the Ascension, that might be their last TV appearances for a while. Did I lose you again? I think I lost you again. Anywho. (sighs) We've lost Anna again, so I will continue on. Their main event for the evening, Kevin Owens versus... uh, Oh, here comes Anna back again. Hi, Anna. Hi. (laughs) Really sucks. Really sucks. Don't don't sweat. All I said is I basically thought that maybe... At, with the end of the year, they may be cleaning house a bit, and maybe the Singh brothers, and this might be a way to write off the Ascension too. I hope not. I don't think necessarily because I think they're, I think they're, com- I think they're comedy gold. I especially love the uh, <laughs> uh, Connor and Victor. <laughs> We're best friends. <laughs> I, it's gotten to the point where people, I've seen people online going, "Okay, cool, this is getting old now." I, they, there is still life in these fashion file segments, but I really do think they need to start bringing them back in ring to be able to fuel that because right now it's just kind of working by itself as this random thing that happens every second week. And if they actually bring them back to in ring, that's also helping write that part of the show. And it's also like these guys are good. They deserve more. Main event of the evening, KO versus Randy Orton in a no DQ match where Sammy is banned from ringside. I came into this a bit late because I had a power spike at home, which reset my direct TV. Uh, so I got to it when Randy Orton was hitting him with stairs and then kendo sticks, which obviously hurt because they bleeped mm-hmm. out Kevin Owens a couple times. <laughs> Thank God for the seven second delay. Uh, backdrop into the barricade. Uh, KO gets a kendo stick of his own. And then, and then returns the favor. Uh, Senton for two, DDT for two. Orton gets a superplex that to me was rather impressive because it looked like it started off really, really rough there. And then eventually he got to it. Um, crowd chance for tables because they're bloodthirsty monsters. Uh, you know, your usual kind of no DQ match where, where they're just beating the crap out of each other until the point where, KO bails and takes off into the crowd. Orton gives chase and they brawl onto the stage where Sammy then attacks Orton's leg with a chair on the ramp. Since it's not ringside and since it's no DQ, it's legal, kids. That's how they get around that. Zayn then flees um, in possibly the most humorous way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Both men end up rolling to the ring. Orton gets his vintage DDT. Owens blocks the RKO, hits Orton's bad leg, super kick, and gets the frog splash for the pin. I rather enjoyed this match for what it was. Um, 
for the love of God, let's stop doing backdrops onto that announce table unless they're going to break. Um, that is always the spot that gets me. But, uh, you know, that we knew somehow Sammy was going to get involved with this. It's, it's always one of those, we're going to ban that one specific person from getting involved. He always gets involved. It's like throwing somebody out of the arena for the night. They're going to show up again. But uh, for a TV main event, no DQ, I thought this was rather solid. Yeah, it was a great match. Orton looks like gold. Uh, for me, it was once again, though, of like, what exactly is the payoff here? I'm just, it's been the theme of the night. I'm so confused as to how they perceive these guys backstage. Yeah, I think I think it's possible that that you're and I do this too all the time. I think I think we all do as kind of critics of, of wrestling. We're trying to read into their motivations for doing things, and that sometimes seeps into how we watch what they put on yeah. screen. Normally, it was not as big an issue, but because it was such a blatant, brutal beating on KO for the majority of this match, like Orton genuinely looked happy with that kendo stick, and he was beating oh, yeah. the hell out of him. And then, and, and then KO was- returned the favor too. <laughs> he just absolutely. But it was it was about you know one third of it KO getting back, and two thirds is just Randy beating the crap out of him. And it's <laughs> it's those kind of power imbalances that make me go, okay, what's the end game here why what statement are they making with this i don't know if they're making a statement i think they're just stretching for time i think as raw showed and smackdown showed, we're in that period right before the holidays where they don't want to do anything too much they don't want to hurt anybody but they don't want to give away a lot of stories because royal rumble season the build to that is so important that they're just trying to stall for time as you saw on raw with the long extended we got a like a 15 minute elias samson match on raw so i i just think i ain't got a problem with that uh, yeah i didn't have a problem with that i just i just think they're i think we're gonna get a few more of these i think we're gonna get be getting long extended matches with some talking segments a lot of video recaps until we get past the holidays and then they're gonna turn on the burner again for uh for rumble season well, I don't understand with this time. Like, yeah, Rumble's a little while away, but it's not like they're taking a break in between. These, these guys are working on Christmas for crying out loud. True. So why not have mini feuds along the way and then they can put those on the back burner until Rumble's finished and then they can actually, you know, use this as testing ground to see what they could possibly do next. This might be This might time. be the mini feud that you're talking about, though. This KO Randy Orton thing might be the mini feud in question. Um you know, there, there's. Okay, then yeah, I guess it's a case of just it's too early to tell. It was just such. A, it got to the point with the second DDT from Orton, where the ref was standing there shaking his head at how brutal this was. Yeah, right. I thought the referees tonight did a great job. I mean, Charles Robinson, always one of my favorite, um, favorite referees. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's it for SmackDown. Uh, as usual, go over to Fightful.com over in the forums there. Talk to Sean. I'm on there occasionally. Uh, complaints can go to at Sean Ross App on Twitter. Compliments can go to at CrapGame13 and at Anna Bowert. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. go over a couple of uh, stories in the news. Um, Starcade happened on Saturday. Kind of a tribute show. Kind of a, just a thing for the Greensboro locals. Um, Starcade, kind of important for my historical upbringing because i'm from 
that region. And it was a big thing in Jim Crockett where they blow off all the major feuds with stipulation matches and lots of blood. Um, from what I saw, really good tribute, I thought. I liked the Arn Anderson spot. I got to see some video of that with Dolph Ziggler and, and Arn giving him a spine buster. The Ricky Steamboat, Shinsuke Nakamura thing seemed to come off real well. Uh, I heard the main event had some problems with Natty and Charlotte in the cage, but that just might be, you know, that just might be due to the chemistry of women not working cage matches all that often. Um, I thought they gave some good tributes to the legends there, and Matt Hardy got a pretty good segment with Maxwell. Um, <laughs> I like that. I know that there was a lot of outcry that this wasn't on the network and people wanted to see all this. Um, with the graphics and they did kind of the throwback graphics as well, but I kind of like, I mean, I wanted to see it as well, but I kind of like that they made it special just for them. Well, someone tweeted a picture. There were cameras in the crowd, so they were filming it for something. Maybe we'll get it eventually. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. And and it's, you know, it's just really a spruced up house show. Yeah. I mean, no, nothing import of any real importance happened. I think it was just the nostalgia fans like myself who, you know, remember yeah. Starcade when it was really, really good, kind of wanted to see what they did with it. And I heard, you know, I heard it was mostly, um, mostly respectful. I, I especially liked, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, the video of uh, Goldust's intro into Dustin Rose. Yeah, I was just thinking that. That was I just love that they did that. That was fantastic, and I love that they brought back that hokey WCW music. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not often that they, they allow those types of things uh, in there because, of course, WWE won the war, but uh, that was nice. Uh, the other major thing going around, on, on at least on Twitter, uh, Nia Jax kind of implying that she's been body shamed backstage, which... You know, uh, I, I'm, it, I'm hoping it's not true. I'm hoping that it's just kind of perception. Um, the article uh, was changed from, the headline was changed from backstage to, uh, it, they made it more general to make it sound like it, because it wasn't necessarily at WWE. It was probably implied that it was, but because she, I don't think it explicitly said that. She said actually uh, in the in the tweet that I read that it was back where she changed. So it was in the locker room. According, yeah, if you take it, it literally, if you take it literally, the person who wrote the article then backtracked and said it doesn't necessarily mean that locker room, but yeah, you know, I mean she has done modeling stuff, so but at the same time, it's like where she spends the most amount of time. You hope that's not the case. Seriously, hope it's not. But you know, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I have a high opinion of of a lot of the women on this roster because women's wrestling really kind of kept me interested in the WWE. Yeah, for a it's long. not necessarily the women though. Yeah, and like, that's what I I've, that's what I kind of said. But but in the tweet, it seems almost expressly, yeah, it was another woman in the locker room. So that's why it's kind of focused on them so much. Um, yeah. I got everybody's like, you should read the tweet. It says so. I'm like, well, how do we know that it wasn't you know? You know, you, you work on these big production type things. You have production assistants might be running in and out accidentally where they're not supposed to, you know, seamsters, steamstresses, staff, other things. And might might have been a purposeful slight, might have just been an accidental thing said that was taken the wrong way. Um, it might have been Potato Davis. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it might have been a work completely for the reality show. So, you know, you take these things with a grain of salt whenever you hear them. 
and then you just hope they're not true because i mean i like nia Jax a lot so i i'm hoping that that uh <laughs> i i'm i i'm man i forgot about total divas until you brought it up i'm hoping that that was uh what it uh you know that would that would be an interesting uh twist to the story mm. It's just such a, like, sorry, but, like, who cares what, as long as someone is healthy and not in any kind of danger, mm. what is it to anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, just mind your own, I mean, you're independent contractors for the most part. I know that you're all one big happy family, but it's like, you know, you don't need jealousy and you don't need to put other people down to get ahead. I mean, because all of you are at the whims of Vince McMahon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anna, throw in your plugs. Well, we had EPW's Reawakening 16 last Saturday night, which was a packed house, and I am so proud of every single person that worked on that show. Um, it was up there with the best live wrestling I've ever seen, and that's mm-hmm. just not me being biased. It's a fact. Um, and for those of you like Spencer on Twitter who asked, it will be going available on Vimeo, APW Perth Vimeo this Friday. So you can either follow them at APW Perth on Twitter or follow me and I will then share the details. Uh, it's definitely something to watch. That roster is, uh, I think it was Voices of Wrestling put out two articles of top Australian performers to watch. About four of them are on our roster. So, yeah, that says something. Speaking of the boys at Voices of Wrestling, you can follow my other show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. Rob McCarron, who I almost got to come in to host this thing because I was just, <laughs> I was just terrible tonight. Uh, <laughs> you did a good job, man. <laughs> thank you, I try. Um, we'll be talking all things WWE. Yeah, probably, okay, many yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking about whatever comes up in the next day or so. I think we're waiting until after NXT. See what happens with Kyrie Sane and Peyton Royce. Uh, I'm going to an all women's show, well, mostly women's show on Friday night that I'm looking very forward to at uh, Rise Wrestling here in Los Angeles. Get to see Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez and Chris Wolf Ooh. and and, uh, and and Medusa and Bull Nakano are going to be there. So I think I think that's going to yes. be a that's going to be a fun fun time. So if you're coming out to LA, you know, hit me up on Twitter and uh, let me know you'll be there. I'll be front row uh, yelling bad jokes. Uh, you can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow the usual host at Sean Ross Sapp. Please follow at Fightful Russell, at Fightful Pods. Go to Fightful.com. Sign up for all the forums. Until next time, kids, and hopefully there won't be a next time where I have to carry this show by, by narrating and I can just sit back and counterpunch because Anna was fantastic. I was adequate. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.